0: i'm james and i'm steven and you're listening to the big gay bucket list
1: the big gay bucket is a fabulous fun fortnightly podcast which explores the shared social and cultural experiences most gay people have or expect to have as we go about our lives but james tell us what or who is on our bucket list today
0: well, Stephen, today we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by the man of the hour. He's washing up on our pure shores. It's Mr. Colum Conlon, a uh, queer farmer from out in Kildare. He's going to talk to us a little bit about what it's like to be a member of the LGBT community, living in a more rural location and engaging in those more kind of traditionally Irish and masculine roles like farming and, um, and country living in general. Fascinating interview. Very, very excited to share it with everyone. But before all that, let's put the kettle on for a co host catch up.
1: So, James, tell me, how was your trip to Grand Canaria? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It was amazing. You're tired. I mean, you, you are not. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know. I, I look gorgeous, and I'm only feeling a little scratchy in the throat. It's fine, you know. But that's probably the dark rooms.
1: <laughs> no, it's probably, it's probably the COVID test. I it was. <laughs> that's that, yeah, that's it the yeah. test.
0: I don't know that like, someone. He said, "Oh God!" I was going to make a gross blowjob joke there, but I won't. I won't. Don't go
1: there for once.
0: No, because also they don't. They they put the swab in your nose, not in your mouth. They do so your mouth
1: and, like, and no, Would have nose. I've had it. It's
0: not oh, very nice. Uh, double penetration. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you went there anyway. <laughs> but, um, but no, uh, today, Stephen, rather than than sharing some stories about what we've been up to with our with our time off between recordings, we're going to have a bit of a chat about the importance of Christmas spirit. I love and Christmas. And love Christmas giving. You do. I mean, it's your all time favours. Yeah. They don't call you stephen scrooge hack it for nothing it's
2: almost believable yeah
0: <laughs> um but yeah so we're going to talk a little bit this has been a tough year hasn't it um,
1: um yes i, I suppose <laughs> like yeah it has of course it has but um i i've realized how resilient i am as a person i think everyone has to take stock of that and realize how resilient we are and how great we are um But we also need to recognize the amount of, especially LGBT charities in Ireland that are struggling right now.
0: Completely, no. And that's what we were going to talk about. I suppose the uh, recently LGBT Ireland released our, we released our our Life in Lockdown survey, which kind of looked at the impact that COVID has had on the LGBT community. And it showed that for LGBT people, the impact on mental health has been absolutely massive. We as a community are 10% more likely to have suffered a decline in our mental health over the course of this year than the general population. And when you start going down into those, more kind of intersectional groups like traveler and Roma, people living in direct provision, people living with long term disabilities, the numbers are even more staggering than that. And the support services which are there to help and deal with those people with those issues, they are so underfunded at the moment. And I mean, I suppose speaking from a selfish point of view, LGBT Ireland, the a lot of our funding would come through from the likes of Pride Corporate Events. <coughs> Where we would go in and give talks in the big corporates around the country or to, to companies around the country over that period of May to June. That's where a good solid percentage of our income would come from. We haven't had that, neither have had neither have so many of the the uh the organizations. So this week, dear listener, we are suggesting that if you have found yourself this year in the blessed position of having a little bit less of a social life and therefore a little bit more money to put by, and we're considering giving to charity, you might look at one of these two options for the uh for for that the first which i'll talk about is lgbt ireland are running it's our first ever uh crowdsource campaign we are looking for money to try and fill that gap and bridge that gap that we um that we've seen in our funding as a result of the um as a result of the, the, the pandemic and the, the lack of opportunities to so to, to, to raise fundraising in the way we normally would. So the information is through on our website, lgbt.ie, and it'll go towards helping us continue running the help the LGBT helpline, continuing to run the peer support groups, which we offer to members of the traveling community, to people who are just coming out, and and also to fund some of our other work around um advocacy for LGBT families and older people as well. So lgbt.ie go have a look the money will be so gratefully received and will be used really really sort of and will be used to make a massive difference for members of the community so I think it's it's an important one to to think about if you have the the resources to do so
1: absolutely yeah Um, good show James and also um, we have basically had people reach out and tell us about the gay switchboard um, who have used it themselves in a normal in a normal sense because obviously it's a confidential telephone service so it, it, it used in a normal world, it's fantastic but obviously a hell of a lot more people are using it at the moment in lockdown and they are also grossly, uh, grossly misunderfunded. always are but even more so now um, so donate they need anything they can get, LGBT Ireland or Gay Switchboard
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that should be, I mean, we should add to that list as well that, I mean, there's so many very worthy causes uh, around the LGBT community doing amazing work and belong to. I know you can donate to them. You can also donate to Tenny, GCN. I I support GCN on a monthly basis because I just think it's so important to have a, a, uh, a an active queer press who who are who are kind of working to promote the issues that are affecting us as a community and keeping our our voices like out proud and loud. Um. So yeah, I would I would strongly recommend to go and, and have a look and think of a, a cause that really really affects you and and how you might be able to give back to it if you have some extra money. So that's that's our sales pitch for today.
1: That's our sales um, pitch. Uh,
0: but to, I suppose uh, um, what I will say <laughs> is I know you've touched on the survey,
1: but like frankly numbers and figures are crazy i mean travelers uh the traveling community have noticed an 85 percent decline in mental health like that's just unbelievable it's unbelievable mm-hmm. asylum seekers and refugees 90 percent like it's incredible yeah. it really is it,
0: no it, it absolutely is and the one thing i'd say when we were putting that survey together we wanted to make sure we want to make absolutely sure that we were uh, we were getting a representative sample so we reached out to the we reached out to the people that we knew could get the survey into the hands of and into the, the in front of the people who could who would be able to fill it out so that we would get that sample so we made sure that we got a representation we got lgbt people from the traveling community from direct provision to actually in in to fill in the survey so their voices would be heard and we'd be able to see how we could how we could support them the other thing i think one of the i suppose a positive thing and and a a slightly more negative thing. I'll start with the negative one. Is that although there has been that massive uh, impact on LGBT mental health overall, um, the only six point two percent of the people who had—I think it's only six point two percent of the people who had—who—who um, who, who said that they'd actually reached out to an LGBT support service during the t- during um, during COVID. If you're struggling, reach out. LGBT services aren't just there for you when you are coming out or aren't just there for you when you're in crisis. They're there for you at any point if you're struggling with your mental health. Uh, If you have a mental health issue that's absolutely in no way related to your sexuality, but just want to speak to someone who you know is going to be LGBT friendly. You can reach out and talk to someone and they'll be able to support you or give you the advice that you need. So it's so important that these services stay there. And also so, so important that people reach out to them when they need them and don't feel that there's some sort of boundary or, or, or barrier in place for them to, to actually access those services. But on a positive note, what we did see in the survey as well was that people found great new ways to to interact. And a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of people reported, particularly the the front runners came up a couple of times around um Around people who sort of engage virtually in uh, in different ways to sort of keep their keep themselves like active and engaged with the community. So I do think that finding yourself something like I know that the the warriors do their uh, their training online at the moment, and you can you can get in touch with them to join. I know that the front runners will be doing different um, different uh, activities as well that you can get involved in. So finding finding a group and a community online to engage with just so that you are having that connection with the community is is going to be really important. Absolutely. For all of the services that we were just speaking about, you can go to our Instagram and click the link in our bio and it'll give you a list of everywhere that you can go to to, to donate um, and, and have a read about the, the the work that's being done to support the LGBT community.
1: Superstars, every one of them working in the field.
0: So, Colm, thank you so much for joining us. You're Ireland's premier homosexual farmer and Kildare queer um you're you're going to bring some sort of a unique perspective to us uh urban urban dwellers or until recently urban dwellers about kind of what it is the appeal of the countryside and why we should all be getting our wellies on and heading out to to play with with dogs and and, um, (laughs) dogs and cows um
3: yeah country mouse here um (laughs) <laughs> the, the gay farmer from Twitter <laughs> <knowing me. laughs> I'm not the only one I'm just probably the loudest one yeah. <laughs> The only one
2: that chose a face pic, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> For sure That's how I met my partner, you know
3: Just like the enigma of the the, the gay farmer Who also reveals himself <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's It's nice that there's That's a beautiful love story Two proud farmers. Well, (laughs) (laughs) this is terrible. Look at us coming here to learn and and instead mocking. uh, Back off. um but yeah so i suppose you your your story is that you you i suppose you followed the traditional herd uh of kind of the young lgbt person and you pardon the pun <laughs> <laughs> and you moved you moved up to the to the big smoke and started sort of pursuing a, a career in music and then at a certain point you just felt like what? What was it that called you back? Or tell us a bit about your experience in Dublin, or your experience in in the in the city that kind of made you like that that you enjoyed, but made you like yearn for that uh, that home time.
3: I I think when we're you know rural gays, we're just kind of <laughs> almost conditioned to believe that we have to go to Dublin or to a major city. Like yes. it's just when we turn eighteen after you leave school, this is what you do. Like it was. The done thing. Um, I obviously grew up on a farm. Uh, I was not very interested in it. <laughs> <laughs> As in, like, would have to be dragged out beyond the gate, you know, to help out. Um, so I was like, right, I'll move to Dublin. I started a course, um, actually, started, <laughs> I was doing business and economics in Trinity. And I was like, I just put it down because I was like, oh, I have to go to Dublin. I have to go to, go to university, whatever yeah. that means. Um and then I obviously dropped out of that because I had no interest in business or economics. <laughs> <laughs> um, and oh, right around that time I was I was like, okay, let's do TV talent uh, because I am a musician. Um, so I applied through 2FM um, to, to be a wildcard for the Voice of Ireland, uh, got through on that and somehow just kept getting through in the competition this is not me being like self-deprecating is that i know that i wasn't great (laughs) (laughs) i just like nothing was going right for me i was like okay like you know in the in the voice the blind auditions probably the only part that people actually really watch to be honest um (laughs) but i was like oh this is going terribly no one's gonna turn around someone turned around i was like oh I was kind of like, oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, I, you know, got through the battles, I was at the live shows and then I finally thought I was good. I was like, I had a really good night and like, you know, the song was right and I had arranged it myself and the key was right, all that kind of crap. And then I got knocked out that night. So, I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe my, uh, ascertainment of like, what's, what my, me being good is <laughs> yeah. is kind of different. Um, so yeah uh that was great so much fun and shortly after that I started working in wine um so I was working in a wine shop and a wine bar was pursuing like qualifications in wine I was like going to be like a junior sommelier um if somewhere would take me um (laughs) and yeah so I was living in in the city in dublin city i was working in dublin city i actually had like a retiree's lifestyle because my job was about 100 meters from my apartment (laughs) (laughs) just just saunter down to the wine shop you know Uh, i didn't start work till like 12 which is great when you're 20 you know Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and yeah so that was going really well and i loved that job um I suppose now is a good time as Annie to say that in a recent article I did for a national newspaper, the headline that was chosen was kind of like, I left the wine bar and it has done wonders for my <laughs> mental health. And I was like, that is like, completely not good. <laughs> the context or the point of the art so this
0: is your this is your right of reply your apology to the, yeah, the purveyor absolutely. of that wine bar
3: I know them really well and I was like I reached out I was like guys you know I love that job don't you
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like whatever, never good. darken our door again <laughs> yeah, you're like well you're not sure. surviving the pandemic anyway just like <laughs> yeah just be like
3: uh, yeah just taking to a national newspaper just to berate them <laughs>
0: like
3: you <laughs> <laughs> guys uh, no But yeah, and then my mom passed away in September 2016. So that was while I was working there. Um, Said job were amazing to me that whole time and gave me lots of time off. So I moved home then shortly after my mom died um, because I was just like, I I was like, I am very mentally unwell. I was grieving. I was, you know, wanted to kind of our family wanted to kind of reunite in a way and it kind of be closer together um so yeah I moved home originally for three weeks at the time and then it turned into six weeks and then like two months and then my roommate was texting me like there's a layer of dust on your bed <laughs> are, are you like coming back or what? I was like yeah no I'll be back after Christmas and then I'm here ever since and that was <laughs> four and a bit years ago so
0: Oh my god! Yeah, it's been a um, it's been a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that first of all, I I wanted to to go back to the voice of Ireland thing because that mm-hmm. if I'm right, that was 2014 into 15. Yes, so you've done the research? <laughs> I, I have. Well, no, just because it occurred to me that because I, I I happened to be um, doing I was recording something else and we were talking about marriage equality and then that all like. So I was like, mm. that must have been the most as like a young gay man. That must have been like the most amazing couple of months, like that kind of period where you were going through all that. And then the national kind of eruption of celebration around marriage sure. equality. Like it just would have been such a an exuberant period.
3: Yeah, it was like such a flashbulb time because I think, uh, yeah, how old was I? I was 20. It was when, you know, the classical delayed adolescence of being like not that long out, maybe a year or so um deciding to go on the television and then <laughs> and then while you know knocking on doors for marriage equality um you know being like oh you, you may know me from the voice of Ireland. <laughs> 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 just like as a very exciting time for me you know like yeah my, yeah so you had
0: you had only sort of relatively recently come out at that point. How did you come out? was that? How how was that experience for you living outside of Dublin? If you're okay to share, obviously. Oh, Of course, yeah. So no, you signed I'm, up for it. I'm so. an open worker. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no
3: holds barred. Um, so I came out when I was eighteen, kind of just towards the end of school. Yeah, the rumor is you know I, I went to obviously a, a rural school, um, and awfully. And it was a very GA oriented school. Loved the school. I've actually been back since to give a talk for their um, kind of Pride Week that they do, which is quite cool. Wow. I like how much has changed? Amazing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think the re- the, re- the reason I started coming out was kind of was it great? It was kind of forced out a little bit because I was at a party, and one of the girls was really sick, and I was kind of just looking after. Her. And then I overheard people saying, oh, like he's taking advantage of her, which is a horrible implication. Oh. And I was like, I yeah. am so gay. <laughs> so I actually came out that night. Obviously, a few drinks helped with that. And they were like, oh, yeah, of course you are. Sorry. <laughs> but it was just so horrible. I was like, you know, I'd much rather like be out than have that horrible rumour. You know, yeah, be, really. a, a, defamatory thing like um of course and yeah so I, it was a process then um, the first person I came out to was my sister Kira it was after a Mick Flannery concert of all people oh. our favorite singer because <laughs> 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 you know, it's not exactly like synonymous with the LGBTQ community <laughs> it's like no a no. no I'll grumpy, <laughs> <grumpy> man <laughs> from Cork um, <laughs> but yeah I was just like yeah I was it was a really emotional night for me and then I was like Kira, I'm gay um, and then my other sister followed pretty much straight away after because you have to tell both, you know. <laughs> you so
0: you've, got a, you've got you've got you've got a gay sister as well. So it's two in the family, is it? Or oh no, no, no. I got Sorry. mixed up. I was like, I was like, wow, yeah. which is very common.
3: I know it, no, it my, is my very two common. two sisters are, are straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the the baby and the gay. I'm the baby gay. Um, yeah, so coming, out was it wasn't the worst process it was kind of it was all its time and I'm still very grateful for that you know mm-hmm. it was only uh yesterday I was watching about uh you know Dinkins the mayor um in New York who died who was marching with and this it wasn't that long ago it was 1991 yeah and uh it was with the Irish gay and lesbian organization and getting booed and getting <laughs> like you know for me that's seems like so hard to even comprehend you know yeah
0: no, it's it, like is, I, um... it is mental when you think how recent the change is and how fast the change has been, because mm. like even I remember going to my sort of first, one of my first prides when I would have been just been in college, which would have been maybe sort of arranged. The
1: late seventies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when, I remember when, when we were there, we were throwing a few bricks at Stonewall. <laughs> no, uh... <laughs> it got out of hand um (laughs) no (laughs) but um but yeah we there was like still at that point there was still like a couple of like mad people shouting bible verses as you were walking down the road the Mm. crowd would have been probably not even an eighth the size of it is today and like there was that sense like almost like a huddled group kind of making their way down like the kind of chest out confidence that exists today hadn't developed yet um which I, I it's so nice to see and it's amazing for people coming out now and even a little before now that mm-hmm. they have that kind of, I suppose they're, they're seeing more society reflect that inclusivity and that equality and things like s- schools, getting people in to come and talk about uh, about their journey in coming out and like mm-hmm. really respecting the process for people is like it's amazing to see because it's going to make such a difference for people as they live the rest of their lives.
3: Yeah, that was such a watershed moment. I don't know. Have you guys done anything similar? Have you done um, like going into schools or
0: no? So I well, I've yeah. done I've done a lot of like at the moment with work. Everything I do is mm-hmm. around kind of LGBT older people. So I've delivered quite yeah. a few training events around uh, with particularly in in healthcare settings, speaking to to people about. Um, I suppose, the needs of older people. And what's really, what's amazing to see is how people just don't even acknowledge that older LGBT people are, like they don't see them as a group. Older people in general tend to Mm. have the, tend to sort of be homogenized and seen as just like the old person, like kind of granny with the blue rings listening to, to Daniel O'Donnell. That's kind of what we see. You forget that actually this person has a sexuality and a gender expression and interests and personality on top of that. And with the LGBT people, it's so like pushed back. That when you talk to someone who's treating them, they're like, "Oh no, I don't have any gay people in my service." And then once you give them that information, they're like, "Wow, this is amazing!" So mm-hmm. it's because it's fantastic to see, and it's a similar thing with schools: is that people are really enthusiastic to get the information. And once they see it's a problem for a group of people in their care, or that they're supposed to be looking after, they really want, like now, they really want to do their best to be upskilled and, and learn and know how to treat those people. So yeah, that's. For sure. I get, I should, this is this, this isn't supposed to be uh, about me though. It's supposed to be about you. <laughs> no, <laughs> Any I'm so opportunity, though. <laughs> <laughs> Like um, out of my soapbox. Well, it
3: is like, it was such a watershed moment, like because I was speaking to fifteen-year-olds and I was terrified. But mm-hmm. they're so open-minded and so willing to learn, and like yeah. everything about my experience, and you know, willing to be corrected on kind of maybe problematic behaviors, especially using slurs, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And they're like, "Oh, it's actually not okay to use the f slur," you know, yeah, which is amazing. Some people are not as receptive to <laughs> that particular point, <laughs> maybe. Um, well, yeah no it was it was really wonderful and you know that was maybe what six years after i left the school and like i walked in and seen a pride flag flying and i was like oh my god this is incredible <laughs> that's Steven.
2: interesting because that's definitely not the case of the school i went to way back when and you know stone age it definitely nobody would they'd probably be booed out of the school back then you know <laughs> what i mean so we've come a long way i guess yeah, yeah for sure no
0: absolutely um i was on a thing yesterday with it was um well, not yesterday for people listening to this, but yesterday for, for here. Um, and there was actually a group of secondary school te- secondary school students presenting on it. And it was like a mental health, like a national mental health event that they were, they were presenting and they were talking about how within their own year, they're educating the teachers around sort of, say, particularly like trans and bi inclusion because they're like areas that, I suppose now gay and lesbian is a bit more, I suppose it's a bit more it's a bit more common and people know mm. a bit more about that. But bi is still something that there's quite a lot of, especially I suppose there's a it's quite an invisible part of our community and then trans issues as well, are something which is so big at the moment and there's so such a horrible amount of um, discrimination kind of being legitimised about them, particularly that like LGBT alliance stuff which drives uh, them fucking yeah. mental. But anyway, do not even speak about them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it'd be interesting to talk a bit about what do you think like what what do you think are the reasons why gay people feel they have to go to to um, to a city? And what have you found around expressing your identity within the like within your rural setting? Or do you or do you, do you keep it separate So your existence as a farmer? Is excess, like is it separate from your is it that your sexuality and your identity within the people you're like interacting with on that pro- professional basis?
3: I that's an interesting one because it is like it's so nuanced and maybe in the past I would have tried to have a kind of more performative masculine energy <laughs> when at home but as I've gotten older i have just like it's too much effort so like I don't really subscribe to the idea of traditional masculinity uh, mm-hmm. despite what people might expect and some people which were disappointed by you know yeah especially and you know I happily in a long-term relationship now, but when I was dating, people were almost disappointed that I wasn't more masculine because like, oh, you're a farmer, like you should be more gruff and uh, emotionless or something. That, that's
0: exactly <laughs> what I wanted to, sorry to there, that's actually something I really wanted to ask about, was... That I suppose they, there's almost a stereotype, as much as there's a stereotype for a gay man, there's a stereotype for what a farmer is. And so sort do of mm. you, I suppose, basically, even just a- aside from your sexuality, you have more of an alternative style and a more of an alternative kind of I- interest. And and you're in, I suppose your expression is more in that direction. You You don't really fit that sort of gruff emotionalist sort of farmer from the 1960s with the flat cap kind of a, a vibe. Do you think that that... I do love a made... flat cap though. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. what... <laughs> I've seen you rock a flat cap once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I suppose you don't fit into that bar. So have you found that, I suppose, have you found that difficult? Um, and, and, and then you were, you were going to talk about with dating as well. So I wanted to ask you about that too, because like, there, there is this expectation around masculinity for people mm. who are in the, what would be considered kind of a masculine... Situation. So, sure. have you? H- how have you dealt with that, or how do you find that? Obviously, by being in a long-term relationship, that's see that makes easier. it <laughs> <All right>, easier. <yeah. laughs>
3: I, yeah. So, I, you know, when I moved home, I was still very much in my. <laughs> I had bleached gray hair. Um, you know, I was very much in my "I am a city boy" kind of phase, which is like not to say I won't do it again, but mm-hmm. it just like coincided with me doing the hair bleaching. Um, which I don't know why I was bleaching my hair to dye it gray because that would probably happen quite soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's already happening. Um, yeah, I think I felt that I should present more masculine within, say, when the vet comes down or when I'm dealing with a cattle agent or, and like through the years, like, they all know that I'm gay, but it's just like I never wanted to. Make them uncomfortable in air quotes, you know, um, which is then I realized that's pointless because it's not like it doesn't it doesn't affect my ability to do my job. It's mm. not, you know, I I wrote about it recently, but just like we are a nation of very talented kind of vocational farming peoples. It's like, you know, everyone, every one of us will have a relative that's a farmer. It's such a huge part of Irish life. And, yeah. you know, people, women, men, children, everyone. Are equally talented and if they have the care for the land the love for the land the love for the animals whatever it is they're doing um it doesn't matter really but how you present or how you yeah. <laughs> how you act <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the day you just have to be able to wade through shite in your wellies you know that kind of way <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: <So>. yeah. <laughs> but would
3: you i suppose
1: if if a situation presented itself um i'm terrible for this so obviously i've been working at home uh, the majority since march and clients that phone me because i take phone calls would assume that i am because of my age um and because i sort of mask presenting um that i would have kids running around so they're, they're almost apologizing for ringing but i suppose i would never correct them i would never mm. champion the gay man and, and stuff i just wondered have you been in that situation and have you defended yourself or have you just let it go
3: well i think we can all relate to well, I, I, I mean, I'm not don't want to generalize, but I'm pretty sure we all sometimes still choose when to come out to someone. Yeah. And even it's, it's not for me, the consideration shifted from them to, you know, considering them to considering me. I'm like, am I bothered to yeah, correct them on this? Or, you know, um, yeah, it definitely does happen um, where people expect. It was like, oh, you're a farmer. You must have found a nice woman now. You should be looking for, the, you, know, you know, like the, the road frontage and all that. Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah. Even though no one seems to know what road frontage actually is, they're just like, that. that's good. I want that, whatever it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I hear it all the time, especially at like, I mean, it's a long time since we've had family gatherings. I've seen the time of Rona with just some like distant relatives. It's like, oh, hey, have you found a woman yet? And I'm just like, sometimes I'm just like, oh, here's. You know, here's my partner, here's Brian, and they're like, okay, no one really cares. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're, if they, if they don't need the challenge. no, it's, fine.
2: it's, it says more
1: about me as a person than society in general because it's something that I don't champion and I find difficult. So the fact that mm-hmm. you can do that, that's fantastic. I can, I haven't I mastered that yet.
0: A, I do think it's an interesting, that's an interesting point though, when you kind of realize that you, um, need to flip it back and not so much think about like how it is, this is impacting the other person or might impact the other person and start thinking about, like the impact on yourself because i i would certainly have gotten into a mindset when i was going into new jobs where kind of i needed to kind of sort of i need to be out i need to be authentic Mm -hmm. i need to be and it's sort of like you you know yeah over time like if you're working with people on a consistent basis and you want to be able to have like conversations with them where you're not having to kind of second guess kind of details you might say that are going to give you away then you 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 do want to tell them and you want to like obviously if you're working with people and you're working with people on a consistent level, you want to like like them but when it comes to just people you're dealing with on a on a passing basis every now and again you can you can share it with them if you think that it's you know if you, if you feel if if something comes up and you want to but you don't have to feel obliged to because you need to protect yourself because i think that mm-hmm. actually one of the things that this is something that that in work we do talk about quite a bit is about how as gay people you kind of have this like build up to coming out and you've this massive build up to coming out and I and, and suppose like, you do it and you feel this massive sense of relief. And then you spend the rest of your life realizing that you're coming out constantly, Yeah, that it's not like it's, you don't suddenly get sort of a little rainbow avatar that like floats over your head so that like people can know beforehand. Yeah, like or a wristband something or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> But um, um, a lot of people get similar tattoos, but, you know, we we, <laughs> yeah. we all get the, the bear claw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put, put the handkerchief in the
3: back there. Um, I Well, actually, just so it reminded me of, you know, part of my job as a musician, a like, huge part of my job as a musician is I am a ceremony singer. So I sing in church settings, you know, and I sing at funerals and weddings. And that one is a bit of a ropey one sometimes, mm. especially when... Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know. If say, if I get a wedding client, and it's a priest I'm unfamiliar with, it's a church I'm unfamiliar with, then I actually do find myself trying to kind of play it a bit straighter because I actually, because I'm there to work. Yeah, and I don't want any barrier to. I know it's. Yeah. It's, it's It's. I don't like admitting it, but it, it's. just which no, you got to pay the bills as
1: well. Like we. Yeah, that. No, but
3: we know. We know. You know the church's attitude, and some priests are very open-minded as well. Yeah. I had a a priest here in our parish who used to joke with me all the time I was like, "Oh, why don't you join the priesthood? They'll pay for your masters in music." And because knowing full <laughs> so well that I'm an okay man, I'm
0: like, no, no. <laughs> he probably thought that, that nothing stop you there. Come on! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, that is that is interesting though. About I suppose when you're in performing in those sort of spaces, you are just better probably when you're you're there to be part of another person's event and another person's yeah. day, and you're being out in that sort of scenario isn't relevant. Like it's, so you you don't, you don't have to do that. Um, But it would be frustrating to be like part of something and then hear, Potentially, like I, I, I remember being at weddings in 2015, and the like priest would be using it as an opportunity to talk about like the v- traditional marriage and how wonderful it is yeah. to see, you know, men and women coming to get married in the church and respecting that. And you're sort of sitting there, and if you were there as like a performer at that point, you'd be like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just pay my keyboards <laughs> and. Uh, no, um, yeah, we had I a attend- I'm not hearing priest this.
3: who's, uh, you know, he's not in the parish anymore, but on the day of Pride coincided with the family anniversary mass so my sister texts me and <laughs> after mass because she was going to the you know the anniversary mass uh with my with my dad and he yeah. had been talking about like the degeneracy of pride or something and she <laughs> <laughs> and then she was walking out of the church and he used to do a thing where he would uh kind of shake hands with people after mass and say you know chat to them yeah and she just walked past him and goes, god loves the gays <laughs> <And then> just, <laughs> like, because she, she's so like she's like so non-confrontational in that way like she's super yeah. smart and like intelligent and would know <laughs> to pick the right battle so it's really like out of character for her to just go kind of hurriedly walk past him and say god loves the gays and then just, like run away <laughs> hit and run <laughs> yeah, exactly just a, just a reminder
0: for you before <laughs> i leave um. So I, um, I, I suppose it's about this. This this question relates back to last year because we haven't got to have any sort of a social life uh, or any sort of a, uh, yeah. a, a a a sort of a carefree existence really this year at all. But how I suppose queer spaces don't exist around the country. They exist mm. in Dublin, Cork, and Galway to to a more limited extent, and then you have kind of community resource centres in places around the country. There there isn't an enormous number of social spaces for gay people outside of Dublin. Like, how do you, I suppose you're not far from Dublin, so that's not a massive issue for you, but do you, find? would you like, or do you think there needs to be more active social queer spaces for people who are choosing to live a more rural life or living outside of of Dublin?
3: Well, I I absolutely welcome any kind of, you know, new ideas and new approaches like the the gay GAA team, like Laker and Gaelic, um, which I, I something I'm so excited for. And if there was a chance that that could like, you know, do a training session down in Kildare, or another one in Lao, there another one in Meath or whatever, that would yeah. be that would be amazing. Just to kind of has as a focal point. This is all in, you know, hypothetical post pandemic speak, obviously. Um but yeah, I suppose that's the biggest point of note for me, is that I am not far from Dublin and I am very privileged. I own a car, I can run it, you know it's which is the hardest part of it. it costs it costs more than the value of my old banger every year to keep it on the road like probably twice as much but i have it and it goes and you know i have i th- yeah i suppose i when i moved to dublin you know i found my chosen family as we often do as well yeah. in terms of people i could relate to intensely you know fellow queer people and they're all still my best friends, obviously. So yeah. I can go up and see them and stay with them, hang out with them and access the spaces in Dublin. Yeah. But for me, I think this kind of like this like falling through the cracks of how could we petition for more services rurally when it's like this kind of stereotype that we all leave rural areas to go to urban areas. And yeah, I mean, I lived in along country lane and i really hope they don't listen to the podcast but if they do hello um, <laughs> a, a gay couple two men have moved in down beside me like in in kildare terms they're my next door neighbors but they're yeah know, a few houses away <laughs> but i i mean i saw them on my heart soared because it's like on my little country lane yeah you know a couple a queer it couple is. have chosen to move here And I could see why they would, you know, with the fibre internet now, it's (laughs) it's only like 20 minutes from Intel and or whatever, you know. Um, But But I do think
0: that's a that that is a massive I think that's a huge change that's going to start happening more and more in Ireland now is that. As I suppose as gay relationships are normalized and as mm. sort of longer term gay relationships become something that is more just a part of life, people will start doing that of moving somewhere that is conveniently located, that they can get a nice house, that they can potentially have a family, that they can, you know, <laughs> get a load of dogs if they want to, whatever they, they, mm. they choose to do. And I think that is going to start seeing people moving more into into to rural Ireland because I think that the, the drive to move to a city or to, to an urban centre wasn't really driven by the fact that all gay people love urban culture and only want urban only want that urban lifestyle. It was because it was a space where they could meet other people like themselves. And now I suppose the way the society in Ireland is changing means that that isn't something that you need to, you don't need to run away from the place that you want to live to find that you can find that in your own community. Mm-hmm. Cause it's wonderful to hear that there is like a queer or gay couple moving in up the road from you. And and I've been talking to, um, there's this amazing um older gay man who lives down in Skibreen who comes along to, to some of the, the, the workshops that we do and he mm-hmm. lives in a, a little hamlet of 10 houses down in the back arts of nowhere and in that there's four different like there's a two older lesbians then there's a, a, a gay couple in their 80s and him all living in this one road with other kind of like young artists and that who are like all looking after them I'm like that's the Ireland I want that's the Ireland that like makes my heart sing because you've got everyone's looking after each other and his he's able to live his life and be fully out and be himself and be taken that care of by the. That is gorgeous. That is the dream.
3: Can I just say like, how I do <laughs> it? really it. is. <laughs> I'll,
0: You've
1: I'll got you to space, Colin. I mean, just start building the houses. I know. But
3: well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean start a commune. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Big gay commune. <laughs> uh, truly for the bucket list, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, there must be something in the water down here because there were seven in my junior infants class and three of us are LGBTQ plus, you oh know, so God. it's just like pretty, three out of seven is a pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's,
0: a, yeah, that's almost like very almost half. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> 50-50, like, you're, you're well above the national average. Well, it's just average. like, you know, like you,
3: you see them after whatever, 10 years, everyone goes to different secondary schools, like, oh, you're okay, oh, me too. And it's like, oh, it was that. Uh. <laughs> so strange.
0: That is, that is pretty, I think that I, like I haven't met, ran into any other people who are in my year, but I understand that there were several homosexuals in my year that I just didn't notice mm. at all because I was so blind to, to the reality, to like sexuality as, as being a thing that I needed to be paying attention to. I was just confused for six years. Um, But the other thing, how has, like this, in this year you have to talk about, how have you found... Like, do we have to? I it, no, I <laughs> no. don't. We don't really. Oh, have no, no, to. no, I'm kidding. Of course. I, I, I suppose, has your life? Ch- has your life really changed that much? Being like during the pandemic, other no. than sort of, <laughs> yeah, no, not really. <laughs> I just like,
3: like the main difference is I can't go to street 66 on a Saturday and bully Pixie Woo into playing All Saints for me which like, is like, kind of like my weekly routine and you know Pixies I call them like no one will dance no one will like this I'm like no it's just me it's great then she does it she plays a verse of a chorus uh, people are like oh yeah remember that song and then they're like
0: just next um so yeah I it's handy because you can cyber bully her now so it's fine
3: yeah oh well i, I well do that yeah you know, believe me <laughs> she deserves it <laughs> oh, she's a great friend of mine <laughs> but yeah i mean during well during the initial lockdown you know lockdown 1.0 this is before the Caldera edition and the Lee awfully Caldera edition i've had so many lockdowns oh my god <laughs> I've, had like, I've had like four or five at this point <laughs> Um, you know, that was the toughest, I think, you know, the work was yeah. the same, you know, cattle that were blissfully unaware that, you know, our society was crumbling. <laughs> 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 um But yeah, you know, my, my partner was down in Arclough, so it was like, okay, we're close. even if, yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> with his parents, Um so it was tough, you know, and I... Never wanted to like look at house party again or do a zoom quiz or anything like that. But did you make banana I bread? Did... No, I'm used at baking, I'm a good cook, but uh, I can't bake, I just don't have the patience. I'm like, I want something that I can have in the next 30 minutes, yeah, that kind of way. Like baking, I'm like, who has the time, you know? Um, but like, we were so busy on the farm as well because my uncle actually passed away last year. We, took on his farm as well so we've kind of merged um so we have plenty more animals to look after lots of things to kind of modernize and improve like this was a dairy farm it's not anymore so we're trying to just like transform the space um you know it's not it's not very exciting but just like a a nice little modernization for the farm so yeah we were busy working away quite lonely but it was always with an end in sight at the time you know the kind of way um, because you, me, and my my partner met at Body and Soul at, a, at the festival, and I was like, "Well, that's that's where the end mark is. Like, that's obviously going to go ahead." That was June twenty first this yeah. year, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll buy an electric picnic ticket." Like, what was that? Yeah, you know, what was I thinking? <laughs> <It> was <just laughs> so over ambitious. Just like, you know, there is always something to look forward to in a way, and now I think it's a little. It's a little bit different now yeah
0: there there is a more of a a sense of like I think you're I, I was doing that same thing as well where I was kind of putting like I was I was sort of breaking it out in terms of events or things I would go to or flights I had for holidays hmm. and then as like one after the other got cancelled or postponed I just sort of lost my faith so now I'm just like I'm not booking anything I'm not planning anything until like they give me the all clear to do it because I can't have that thing of like oh maybe that'll get to go and then like two months of like sitting anxiously kind of being like oh because you remember at the beginning of it Stephen we were supposed to be going to Gran Canaria with a group of lads in like was it 30th 30th of April yeah and um we had like flights and everything booked and it was all it was all great and one of the guys in the group when this is all kicking off he was like oh 100% absolutely we'll definitely be finished we'll be locked down for two weeks and then that'll be it we'll all be able to go and he like he like hung on to that dream like far beyond like what was sort of rational or real. But <laughs> well, you, you like- got
3: to do what you have to do to cope, you know, that kind of way you could just lie yeah. to yourself and tell you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whereas I was the complete opposite. I was like a panic buyer with toilet roll. I was on to travel Republic and like, please give me my money back. I don't want to go anywhere. Hounding <laughs> up <it> every day. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I, I think I we were all fully be... sure it was going to be just uh, mm-hmm. a two-week thing and that was it, back to yeah. normal. Like even Love Sensation, that was going to be something else that we were going to go and and, and that obviously.
3: Oh, sure, of course. Because
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. we had so much fun with that last year and the fact but it was inaugural was so as good. well. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. But no. I, um, well, you know, I had wedding clients texting me and be oh. like, oh, like, you know, we have to cancel them, um, like, you know like that's another shock to me obviously and they're like oh are you available this date you know xy months years into the future i'm like yes i am like <laughs> <course I> <laughs> everything has been cancelled like please please rebook me <laughs> like you know you could tell me it's a 2030 i'd be like yeah i'm there like you know that kind of way? um yeah it's so, so with sad. the with
0: the with the music um mm-hmm. do you still plan to do something with that or is it kind of is oh, it sort of a secondary or
3: yeah no i i definitely do um i like my job has changed so much and like i'm also a songwriter as well uh, as you know being like a ceremony singer a lounge pianist uh <laughs> i used to have a, a weekly gig in a local hotel i always oh, I used to have the cushiest jobs so it's like it was like my wine job it was literally 10 minutes down the road like saturday mornings <laughs> come in and play piano for three hours and like in my head that was like that's not going anywhere because they will always have the footfall to need to hire a piano player. Like it's the most ridiculous thing. It sounds so bougie now. (laughs) (laughs) But they, they could because they had afternoon tea and the tables are full every week. Um, but from lockdown, I really started like writing heavily again, um, and figured out what I want to do. So I'm going to start releasing shortly. Um, because, you know, it's like my shtick is that I've been, like, threatening to release music for, like, two or three years. Is it, like, it's kind of a joke I have with, like, you know, my mutuals on Twitter. It's like, i got to do it, you know, like, you're puppy. <laughs> I think it's in, your bio, it's,
1: it's in your bio on Twitter that your uh, single has been released. Is it 2033 20, or 23 you have?
3: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, always
1: threatening to release music, <laughs> but now, now
3: going to do it.
1: That's like yeah, it goes with like new loud. content on the podcast. It's always coming.
3: <laughs> it's Oh going, it's going. Uh, yeah just like those instagram influencers like big announcements coming soon I was, like, I was like what is it it's like oh it's another product great
2: <laughs>
3: but yeah no i linked up with a producer um i think in the past i would have just been too scared to do all this because i oh, didn't have a whole lot of confidence in myself as an artist as opposed to mm-hmm. you know just like a performing musician um and like a sense of artistry and like pride in what I do and in my writing, um, and I used to kind of write in a way of like, what should I be saying? What should I sound like? And then I was like, no, actually, that's pointless because that's not authentic in that kind of way. Yeah. So I started no, I, like I, writing music that is like what I actually just want to say. So
0: that's the most that's the most important thing because you spend so long thinking. You start you started of trying to think back from the end product. And being like, mm. you know, what well, what what should I be producing? What are like, what is the voice I should have? And then you try and work back from that. But you have to just be like, I'll muddle through and I'll get there and I'll figure it out because you can't like, it, and it can be very stressful if because you're putting so much of yourself into it, mm. um, and and you're kind of really making laying yourself bare, um, when when you sort of do something like that, but it's very brave. <laughs> I'm excited for the new single in 2023. <laughs> Colin, I
2: shouldn't be giving away marketing tips like this for free, but have you thought about doing like a TikTok dance to get it like launched? <laughs> 100. Are you kidding? I'm really good friends with them. Um, do you know CMAT? Uh, yes. Like,
3: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. No, I think every gay in Ireland is like, yes. <laughs> 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 but like she is like she's such a great friend and mentor to me and she's a big part of why I'm deciding to do this because we I was in her first music video. She was tied, mm-hmm. she had tied me to a chair and was feeding me chicken. Uh,
0: <laughs> i bet she sets you on fire at the end Is she does yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and it was all real i was really on fire <laughs> um, alive.
3: no but she has said to me as a column you need to be more delusional like just like not like you know like dangerous amounts of delusion <laughs> but like you just need to stop telling yourself you're terrible and just be like yes i am an iconic pop star ready to conquer the world i mean so i found a you know a gap, but you're a, kind of a middle ground there. Where I'm like, okay, I'm actually gonna be proud of what I create and <laughs> produce. So like the song I like this is kind of an exclusive now, guys. Oh uh, well no it's, it's kind of like a badly kept secret, but I will be releasing a song uh, hopefully before the end of the year, which is called Man of the Hour, and it is very self-referential, but just about can I please have the confidence of literally any straight man? Like, just, <laughs> like, just, like when when can I be man of the hour? When can I, well, no, it's not really like that. But uh, yeah, just I I think I wrote it during lockdown at a time when I was my confidence was though I was at a low ebb in each library, and um, I was kind of like I just yearned to have a bit more confidence, you know, that kind of way. So that's where where it comes from. Um, So it's kind of ironic that I will release it as a first single, but I want it to be something different, something unusual. So keep your ears peeled. (laughs) Air to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll be launching it on air to the ground.
2: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I didn't want to give it away. (laughs) Everyone else is doing the den, but I'm doing air to the ground. (laughs) I mean, next off nationwide. No, I, I see it. Must it to a tough choice between
0: which ones to do first. <laughs>
3: yeah, no. I just had them all banging down my door. You know that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: oh god! But thank you so much for for joining us. Um, of course. We're, we're we're absolutely delighted to have an exclusive about your music. You'll have to let us know where we can get it, so that we can we can go and 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 know. and consume it. Oh, uh, absolutely! It I mean, there. like it
3: is. <laughs> I don't know if you remember um, Lana Del Rey about Tropico. It's like, it's coming, you little bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I did spin uh, one or 3 8 They did uh, like a ones to watch, like artists to watch thing. And I did one of my songs, um, which is was actually about g- grief. Um, you know, it was a, I really loved the song still, but I was like, maybe it's not the best thing to come out with first. <laughs> yeah. I should probably ease into that a bit. Um, <laughs> but at the time I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to release it maybe next week and that was september 2018 (laughs) but this time i'm actually gonna do it guys okay (laughs) and where
0: where can people go to find you to see if that actually happens
3: uh yeah so i my artist name is dove um dove comes from my name column which means dove the bird But I didn't want to get a lawsuit from Hazel Keynesworth. Remember remember the Irish band Dove. Um, But so spelled D U B H. uh, So my Instagram is Dove Songs. My Twitter is cp underscore Conlon. C O N L A N. You can follow me there and see my tweets about misfortune, about getting bullied by children on the street. <laughs> Pictures of cattle, the usual. Some singing, of course.
0: I saw that tweet you had the other day around the group you were Getting bullied past by children. children. Yeah. yeah. And one of them being like, here, see, that's you. That's I was you. Like, that is the most cutting thing to overhear in the entire world. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I
3: used to do that with my friends, but it was usually with like people in. Are like drawings and textbooks and not like actually pointing <laughs> someone on the street and be like hey, that's you, but, you know, like, like generation z like generation pandemic are they could afford to be cutthroat i mean they've been through an awful lot so i, I forgave that.
0: them yeah. <laughs> um but yeah thank you so much for joining us it's been lovely to chat you. thank you so much thanks it so much
3: fun
1: so james tell me what are you coming for or what are you living for
0: I am living for one of the more bizarre things that I feel like I've ever like I've ever experienced in this or, or spoken about in in this in this in this segment. So now you might or might not have been watching. Um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, and there was a guy on it called Russell Watson. And in his like intro, because I was watching and I had no idea who any of this, so I was googling away. And in his um, in his in his like little intro thing, he mentioned that he had won Rear of the Year in like two thousand and five or something like that. And I went to, like I was like, oh okay, there you go. So like, because that Rear of the Year competition, which already in and of itself is like like iconically ridiculous, but the thing I'm living for is the posed photographs that. The people had to put in. There's an absolutely amazing one of Annika Rice and Michael Barrymore oh, sitting there, and it's just, it's just, and it's just like they're all. It's just like sort of like celebrities cheekily looking over their uh, their their shoulders, wearing really crappy. I'm gonna send you a picture so you can appreciate just how wonderful this is, and I'll share it. We'll really? share it on our Instagram as well. Um, but honestly it is the most fun thing cause There's a whole article of like Where are they now? Rear of the year And the pictures from the rear of the year Honestly you they are Hilarious
1: So these aren't just pictures they took from people Of random celebrity events They actually got them to stand and pose Wow
0: Yeah wait just, it, it's gone to you now Excellent It's gone to you right now
2: It's downloading Oh my god Oh my god <laughs>
1: I can't see it yet
0: <laughs> But anyway Celebrity rear of the year Retrospective Get into it Treat yourself <laughs> It's 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 Super work I would say
1: And Mike, wow. Michael Barrymore Is wearing flossies Before they were cool <laughs> <Yeah>. oh.
0: <laughs> Look at Annika She's having the time Of her life Well she's
1: done that What the challenge Annika and what,
0: is,
2: yeah. <laughs> what is Michael Barrymore doing in this?
0: When well, he won rear of the year But like
2: I mean, well, this picture Oh is yeah, no <laughs> for...
0: <laughs> You were asking about his pose <laughs>
2: No, no, no I mean, it, like, from this angle It doesn't look like he has a rear
0: No it, it looks like he's a what I chicken. noticed <laughs> But I <laughs> What I noticed about the rear of the year competition is that they obviously only gave it to people that they could be sure would show up at <laughs> the photo shoot. Because I'm like, it's like Russell Watson, who? Opera singer from like, you know, the Welsh valleys in like 2001. I was like, okay, right. Yeah, fair enough. Rear of the year.
1: Michael more was huge. I know, well, no, obviously, then things didn't really go his way well after all that trouble.
0: No, 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 no. You lost it. You lost it. But anyway, tell me, what are you living for? What are you coming for?
1: I am uh, living for the cat vibing videos. Um, So the little white yes. vibe cat with ridiculous 90s rave music. Um, and I think it's tearing me up no end. So keep it up, cat. You're doing a great job.
0: <laughs> I also enjoy, in that vein, the Thomas the Tank Engine theme tune put to Annie someone sent me one of the thomas the hank engine team tune put over single ladies by beyonce oh, yeah. and she dances perfectly in, in theme. Like this is this is fabulous Fibulous. also have
2: you seen you know the guy that was on the skateboard with um fleetwood mac playing and he's oh yeah oh Fram yes Bridges. yeah i know he's like showing up in pictures with like uh snoop dogg different people but like he's always going to have that jar of juice with them for the rest of yeah. his 15 minutes of fame obviously
1: yeah <laughs> but haven't like those original think- memers um are, like the kid, remember the kid, um the little kid with the Fist, he's like they, they all made money off us. They made a lot of money off us, some of them.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Buzz- actually there's another thing. If you're looking for uh if you have like a couple of hours in work where you'd rather just do nothing, um you should go to BuzzFeed who've made a video series of like catching up with the mean people. Oh cool. Um and, and they like like Kombucha Girl has her like little thing to talk about her life and uh Bad Luck Brian and then the Irma Gerd girl. Wow, the, I forgot about what it. Whatchamacallit, the, the the woman the, the, the obsessed girlfriend. Oh, oh yeah. um
1: something Sally, isn't she? She's talker study something. Yeah, cool.
0: Um, another meme that I'm. I now this is me. I don't normally like memes. I normally give out about them. I'm going to. I'm going to give this one. So, do you know when people? It's like people put I put like pictures of misreading song lyrics. So they put like the kind of the uh, they put like the first line, and then we'll have like other things that sound like the line that comes. Yeah. Back so you get it stuck in your head. <laughs> So, um, I I saw one and it was Black Betty beside a pot of Bramble Jam. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. I've I've, I've seen
1: stuff a lot funnier than Bramble Jam. Have have you not seen? Do you remember the Facebook Names one? When it was like.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pam Black.
1: Yeah. Oh, we need to revisit all that sort of stuff. That's (laughs) good fun. That was the time. You can follow the Big A bucket list across all usual social media platforms and listen in fortnightly wherever you get your podcasts. We always appreciate any feedback or reviews. And please, please, please donate, donate, donate to any charity of your choice during December.
0: Oh, lovely. That was a wonderful wrap-up. And before we go, there's just enough time for me to say thank you to Martin, who has I think will be pretty pleased with the the job I did today in keeping things to time. Excellent yeah, getting thank it you, getting you. a Appreciate thumbs it. up there. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, and of course to Wo fat ha, <laughs> <bambles. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> My 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 They are getting better
2: and
0: better They've no, got bright red too My God! <laughs> <laughs> oh My colossal co-host Stephen Thank you so much Everything you do
2: <laughs> Just course, sit here and look
0: thank fast Thank you Jaloo for listening to The Big Game Bucket List <laughs>